Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Simon Brady. And Simon, you are the founder and CEO of Anglia Advisors. And you're on the web at angliaadvisors.com. You got an interesting uh, background as kind of a uh, Wall Street and London uh, stock market, uh, kind of the the back, not to say the uh, more um, big business uh, Wall Street, uh, but uh, over the past eight years, you now work as a personal finance advisor. So you have a lot of experience uh, in the world, but I would imagine your perspective is is pretty valuable. Yeah, it was um, it's two very different portions of my life. Um, being in the Wall Street trading environment, it's some way very structured. You know, you start your day at a particular time, you finish at a particular time, but it's extremely intense. But you're really working for other people. I was a broker. Our clients were Goldman Sachs, UBS, Merrill Lynch. I was about the most unentrepreneurial thing you could possibly imagine, um, sitting, waiting for some trader from Merrill Lynch to call you up and tell you what to do. So um, 2008 came and went, and that business model started breaking down a little bit. I was a little bit uh, burned out anyway in that in that environment, and I wanted to start working with individuals, so I pivoted at that point. Yeah, what was the best part of working in in the uh, other environment? So, do you, how much of your time did you spend in New York? And and I understand you spent a lot of time in London as well. Yeah, I took the initial job in London as a as a currency trader, um, and uh, was transferred over to London, uh, New York, with about. Six or seven years of that under my belt, and then it became equities uh, after that. So really, of the la- I've spent the last 20 years uh, of my Wall Street life working actually in New York. Yeah. Was, was there moments that, I mean, I'm going to ask you the, obviously, the inverse of this here in just a moment, uh, but before I do, uh, just because I, I listen to them like, oh man, I don't know that I could ever do a job like that, just with my personality type, um, but what would be the best parts of, of that sort of work? The money. <laughs> okay, so it paid well. <laughs> it paid very, very well. And and if we go back in time a little further to maybe when I was in my mid-20s and under orders from my boss to take as many clients out to sports events and nice restaurants as possible. And, you know, we were in an environment where we were getting hauled up uh, by the management if we were not spending enough money on clients. This is a very, very different environment to now. So it was a lot of fun for, you know, a new, new arrival in New York in his mid-20s, going to any restaurant he wants, learning about baseball from, you know, behind the dugout at Yankee Stadium, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, it was exciting. It was exhilarating. But I didn't really realize at the time how much it was long-term. It was burning me out. Yeah. Um, how did that impact your personal life, maybe relationships, that sort of thing? 
you know, we were expected to be out with clients probably three nights a week. Uh, and, you know, these, these nights didn't wrap up at 9.30 at night. You know, very often I was coming home at 1, 2 in the morning. And we started early as well. I mean, there was a time there where I was starting work at 6. So it was almost take a shower, lie down for an hour, get up and head to work. So it, it, it was clearly very impactful on, on, on a private life. I do, uh, I do have two kids. Um, and I have, it was at a time in my life when I, you know, just got here, um, and I was learning about things. So again, once again, it was enjoyable, even if though I was tired, but I didn't realize the long-term effect it was having on me. Yeah. So eventually you make the jump and you want to work directly with consumers then? Do you work primarily with consumers? Yeah. So I overlapped a little bit. I went to NYU. The, getting the certified financial planner designation takes about three years. Um, so I had to go to NYU at night after work. But eventually the, uh, the workload from the course became so much that I, I, I quit that job and focused full time on getting the designation. Um, I then went to work at the UN for a year as a financial advisor with their credit union, um, which is located in the, uh, you know, in the UN plaza. Uh, and that exposed me to financially advising foreign nationals, which I pulled into my practice as well. Yeah. Um, so when you decide you're going to get your CFP designation, you're going to be like, okay, well, I'm going to do something pretty different. Where do your first clients come from? That's a great question and one that I kept asking myself for a long time. And um, I did make some connections while I was at the UN Credit Union uh, that I followed up on. Um, obviously, uh, in, regarding foreign national clients, I have a sort of network of British and European people that I know in New York, and some of them were kind enough to go with me. But to be honest, uh, I mean, I was working in a WeWork. Uh, I advertised myself um, within the WeWork. A few people bid on that. Um, again, my focus for US clients is younger, people in their 20s, 30s, and early 40s. And obviously, WeWork is teaming with, or was teaming with uh, people like that. So I got some, but now um, it's got to the stage really where about 80 to 85% come from referrals from existing clients. Yeah. Um, so do you start, I would imagine you're just word of mouth through your network. I, I try and work that way. I do network quite aggressively. I'm in a networking group. Uh, I do make sure I surround myself with good professionals because the CFP, for instance, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I can't write a will, but I talk about estate planning. I can't give tax advice, but I need a CPA uh, in my network. Uh, I don't have an insurance license, very deliberately don't have an insurance license, but I, if there's an insurance need, I make sure I uh, go into my network for that. Um, so yeah, that, that the, the network behind me is extremely important um, for pulling for pulling people in when they're required. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, you start with your local network, and is that all you've done to, to uh, kind of grow your practice? Because I know you have a very successful uh, book of business right now. You have you have a successful practice. Yeah. I do, I do do what some advisors don't do, which is actually occasionally bring it up with clients. 
Um, not, you know, please, please give me a referral, but, you know, if, the, if you think there's anyone in your particular group of either personal or professional contacts that you think could benefit from what we've just done, um, you know, feel free to, to give me a chance to, uh, to help them. So I, I will be somewhat overt in my, uh, in my request that existing clients bring people in. And it seems to work if you, if you phrase it that way. If you look like you're needy and, you know, please give me a referral, you know, that, mm -hmm. that doesn't work. But sure. um, I've cultivated um, groups of people in similar situations. So there's, for instance, a group of about four or five clients I have, all of whom are in one union. Um, so I know that union's plan back to front in terms of uh, retirement mm -hmm. savings and what's offered. And it's very easy to step in uh, to move forward with a client from that group. Uh, I also uh, try and get in front of people um, at companies. So if I can get through to the HR, through to the management and say, look, here's, here's the people I serve. You've got like 10 of those people. If you can get them in a room, I'll come in and I'll make a presentation to them. No obligation, no nothing, not going to cost you anything. But if I walk out of there with four or five people who want to follow up with me, it can work like that. Yeah. Um, so Simon, um, I, I know one thing that obviously you run a pretty busy schedule. And so I think you have, you know, any, any tips around that, like managing your schedule, like how do you run that today? You know, obviously it's a little bit different lifestyle than you had previously, yeah. but you probably learned some lessons from back then on how to get it all done. And how do you, uh, what, what lessons did you take from then? And what do you, like for other business owners and other people running their own practice, like what, what tips would you advise for trying to balance it all and get it all done? Josh, that was the hardest thing to, to, uh, for me to get done coming from a very structured W2 trading environment to suddenly having the whole day ahead of me. Um, mm -hmm. And I've got four or five things to do. How do I schedule that? Time management, calendar management. That probably took me two years to get to get right. I was over over booking myself. I was taking anything I could. I was not conscious of what day of the week I was making my uh, appointments for. Uh, I was not making much use of technology. I was simply using Google Calendar. Um, and over time, it became evident that that this was just not right. I will, I will pay for a piece of technology that saves me five minutes a day because five minutes a day is the best part of half an hour a week um, mm -hmm. is two hours a month. So if there's a piece of technology that is out there that can help me get my job done, even in a small incremental uh, way, uh, I will jump on that. And I've found a few pieces that, that, that do that. Um, and uh, that's one thing. Uh, and the other thing, um, and I'm sure this would be familiar to many of your viewers and listeners, is just learning to say no uh, to prospects, to um, centers of influence, to lawyers who reach out to me. Um, you know, for a year before I said no to anyone. Uh, and now... Uh, I think it's very, very important to learn how to say no, whether it's, you know, a, a potential client where in your mind there's red flags going off. Uh, I've learned to trust that. Um, 
trust that feeling. Um, but generally organizing myself around a very strict regimen of calendars and to-do lists and making sure I update it and we are, you know, I have a CRM and everything else. So I think it's, it's becoming very disciplined with those things um, is what's the big difference between me now and me four years ago. Yeah. Uh, as a financial advisor, um, and it's 2020, um, what advice have you been dispensing to your clients? And what, adv- in particular, obviously, I'm advocating for my audience here of uh, business owners. Um, what what would you say? Whoa, oh, <laughs> if nothing else, make sure you do A, B, and C over the next 12 to 24 months. It, it's something of a moving target, Josh. I mean, my answer to that in mid-March would be a little different than it is now, given what the, uh, the markets have done or were doing then and uh, what has happened since. But generally speaking, uh, I am advising clients and have been advising clients to uh, hoard as much cash as possible. And that's because of the lack of clarity about when we're going to come out of this. Yeah. Um, and when I say hoard cash, I mean hoard cash uh, responsibly. Hoard it in a high-yield savings account. Don't use a bank savings account that pays you 0.001 or whatever whatever it is. Um, there are high-yield accounts out there. They're all online. Uh, and they don't pay a lot more. But even if they're paying 0.8 or 1%, that's still you know, a massive multiple of what you're getting um, from, from your bank. So uh, my recommendation to a lot of people, I'll always recommend having an emergency fund anyway, but I think that needs to be boosted at least temporarily uh, by cash. And if you are going to invest uh, money, uh, I think the first place to do it is, uh, and is if your clients have tax advantage, solo 401ks or step IRAs, or anything like that, anything that's going to have a high stock allocation because it's got a long time horizon, um, I, that's the first place I would go. Make, you know, Putting money into a 50-50 stock bond portfolio right now kind of is, is almost the worst of both worlds. If you're going to take <laughs> advantage of low, low stock prices, and this is what I yeah. mean by back in March, everything was low. I mean, that opportunity is almost gone now. Um, get those, but most importantly is to hoard cash because we could be sitting here a year from now in the same situation. So Simon, what do you do today to attract business? I think um, increasingly, this has changed under under lockdown. As I mentioned earlier, I I used to commute basically every day to where we work in Manhattan. Um, Now I'm here. Um, What I have done on a marketing um, a marketing I, a marketing way is really very little. Um, as I mentioned, I'm a solo. I've had a lot of in, inbound uh, requests for help from clients, which has taken up a lot of my time. I did put a page on my on my website, which daily, almost daily, uh, gave some advice on what's going on with the PPP or uh, what's going on in the market on those days when it used to crash down a thousand points or up a thousand points. So I would provide basic services, make myself available to clients. I work on a per hour basis. So, um, I, 
basically say to clients, look, contact me. It doesn't really matter how insignificant it may feel to you, but I want to be here as your trusted advisor. So I've basically reminded everybody that I'm there in the background. Um, I will periodically uh, have a number of touch points with clients, but I really, the most important thing is to make sure that they know that I'm there, whether it's them losing their job, whether it's the market going crazy, whatever it may be. Uh, I want to be their first call when it comes to uh, life events like that. All right. Very good. Simon Brady, you're the CEO and founder of AngliaAdvisors.com. Anything else that you would recommend to people or, or, you know, in terms of like, if someone wants to engage with you, what you'd recommend? Um, I think recognize that uh, it's important to know what you don't know. Um, And the idea that only extremely wealthy people have uh, financial advisors or financial planners um, is a little bit of an an outdated concept now. Uh, As I mentioned, I work hourly with people. If somebody wants to work with me for a total of five hours, uh, that's absolutely fine. I don't need them to lodge a million dollars with me to manage or anything like that. I can manage money, but I don't require it. I think the important thing to do is perhaps look at the financial advisory environment and recognize that it's not really your father's financial advisory environment. There are Mm -hmm. ways to pick and choose how to work with an advisor. Um, And, um, you know, I know that if my car starts making any kind of rattling sound, I, the last thing I'm going to do is open that hood. Uh, I'm taking it to somebody who knows what they're doing because I absolutely do not. Uh, and I think people um, in certain positions should um, recognize what they don't know and interview interview a bunch of advisors, interview a bunch of yeah. advisors with different business models um, and pick the one that, 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 that feels best and that best suits your budget for what you want to achieve, I would say. Right. It's so important. All right, Simon Brady, again, the website, angliaadvisors.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. 
Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.